Amen. My name is Chuck Betters. I'm one of the pastors here at Reach Church, and it's so good to be with you and to come into your home this morning. Uh, we miss you, and we can't wait until we can worship together again um, in person. You know, these are very strange times that we're living in. Um, these are, uh, it's very odd, it's very weird. Um, I'm sure you'll agree with me on that one. I saw the other day that the country of Slovenia just declared an end to the COVID-19 pandemic for their country. And uh, so there's a lot of celebrating great news. They said, this is the end of it, it's all over. But listen to what they described or how they described it. They said this in the, in the news, while certain restrictions will remain in place. Now what, what restrictions could there possibly be when uh, there's an end to the pandemic? including a ban on gatherings of more than five people. So how is that the end of a pandemic when you still can't gather with more than five people? I mean, it's hysterical. I mean, it's, it's, everything's so strange right now. It's so odd. It's weird. It's not normal. It seems so abnormal what's going on. And uh, I was walking with a friend of mine uh, who's really into, into fitness the other day, and he was sharing with me how discouraging it is that the gyms are closed right now. So like the gyms are closed. And he said he came across a meme where it, the meme said that uh, it had a picture of a guy eating a Big Mac. So he's eating a Big Mac from McDonald's and it says under the Big Mac, essential. And then it shows a gym with no one at it, non-essential. So the Big Mac's essential, the, the gym is non-essential. And I think that a lot of these memes that are floating around the internet speak to how abnormal things are right now, how strange they, I mean, some of these things that uh, are floating around, we wouldn't have even understood what they meant a couple of months ago, but now it's right into our culture. I mean, listen to some of these, these are great. Um, this one meme, I think this is one of the best ones I've ever seen says this, stay tuned because after the break, we're gonna be speaking with leading virus expert, Karen from Facebook. Next one is, let's all stay inside until nothing bad ever happens again. The third one I'm sure that you can relate is sweatpants sales have to be up like 400%, right? Four, the buttons on my jeans have started social distancing from each other. You can relate to that. How to stop eating during the quarantine. Put on your swimsuit instead of your pajamas. You're welcome. And I like that the person who made up this one even got the use of your right. You know, they didn't, they didn't use it the wrong way. It's kind of nice. Next one, I was struggling to get my wife's attention, so I simply sat down and looked comfortable. That should do the trick. It's for those of you at home who are driving each other crazy. I wonder if you throw a roll of toilet paper in the middle of a Walmart parking lot, if people would fight over it like seagulls fighting over the French fries. Family devastated after dog destroys their entire life savings. This is great, this next one. It was a quiet Monday morning in September. 2053, when Zach got up to use the bathroom. To Zach, this wasn't just an ordinary day. This was the day he would open the last pack of toilet paper his parents bought in 2020. 
laughing at people fighting over toilet paper. You know, we're making fun of those. And then Joey realizing you're out of toilet paper. I love this next one because so many can relate. Um, You know, when your uh, teachers say this, you lied. My kids are not a joy to have in class. Mom, you are not my real teacher. Mrs. Smith is. Mom, I know. Thank God. The spread of COVID-19 is based on two factors, how dense the population is, and number two, how dense the population is. A little judgmental. And this one is, is good. I mean, this one was floating around a while back. Um, believe it or not, it's, it's actually okay to be all three. And of course, that's, that describes me because I'm such a great thinker. People taking COVID seriously, people worried about government expansion, and people very concerned about the impending economic disaster. I'm right in the center of that, and I got a, such a well-balanced view of all three of those. And then a Christian couldn't resist and did this to it. People taking COVID seriously, people worried about government expansion, people very concerned about the impending economic disaster and the sovereignty of God over all of it. And then they had to add, there, I fixed it. You know, like I said, if we had seen these memes just a few months ago, we wouldn't have understood what they mean. But now we not only understand them, but the humor behind them seems to help us cope with the weirdness, the abnormality of it, our longing for things to, quote, get back to normal or for there to be stability in our lives. We've said in this series that the big question during COVID-19 shouldn't be when are things going to get back to normal and shouldn't even be when are things going to move to a new level of normal. But the big question should be is how does this situation open up a door for a new level of good? And we find in Paul's letter to the Philippians that he too was quarantined. So he's quarantined, um, he's in prison under house arrest, he's awaiting trial in Rome, and he writes this letter to the church in Philippi. And instead of longing for things to get back to normal, Paul relentlessly encourages the Philippians, who were already a good church, to pursue relentlessly a new level of good. How? By focusing their hearts even more on nothing but Jesus. Listen to how he puts it in chapter four, verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And he tells us how that happens all the way back in chapter 1 in verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. That's how 
the new level of good will happen in our lives because of nothing but Jesus. So Paul says that rejoicing and not complaining can become our new level of normal. Paul says that becoming a reasonable person can become your, not your new level of normal, but can become your good normal. And that we can become a reasonable person because a reasonable person is a secure person, is a person who has peace beyond understanding because of nothing but Jesus. Paul says that focusing our mind not on all of the awful scenarios that can happen, but on the good things, on the pure things, on the lovely things, the things that are worthy for us to give thanks for, that that can become our normal. The good things can become our normal. Wouldn't that be nice? And that we can do that, that because we already know that God works even the bad things out for our good. We can do that and that can become our good normal because even those things that man means for evil, God turns for our good because of nothing but Jesus. We don't long for normal. We don't long for a new level of normal, but a new level of good where the normal becomes so, so good. The big question shouldn't be, when will things get back to normal, but how can we experience a new level of good through nothing but Jesus? And that really changes the other questions that we're asking as well, doesn't it? Because one of the biggest questions emerging right now in the culture is, when is everything going to reopen? When are the movie theaters, the restaurants, the gyms, schools, when is everything going to reopen and then we ask the same question about the churches. When are the churches going to reopen? When is the church going to reopen? Yesterday, I watched a video of a, a pastor, uh, not from around here in the South, a good guy. Um, and he was talking about um, reopening his church. And one of the things that he said was that he can't wait to reopen the church so that they can get back to their mission of reaching people in the community and in the world. As if, and maybe he misspoke because I do that all the time. So I'm not criticizing. I understand his pain, you know, with words and trying to put it into words. But I think words are important here because the bottom line is, is when it comes to reopening the church, we need to ask ourselves a question if we're saying we need to reopen the church for the mission to move forward. It begs the question, did our mission stop? When did our mission stop? How did COVID-19 stop our mission? And it begs an even deeper question. In our talks about reopening the church, we need to ask ourselves a question. When did the church close? When did the mission stop? You say that was well, splitting hairs. I don't think so. Words are not only important here, words are accurate here. For some, the church really has closed. The mission really has stopped. For some, the church really does need to reopen. But here's the truth. We can't reopen the church because regardless of what we mean when we say that, the church was never closed to begin with. 
Paul, who was in quarantine, he shows us this in chapter 1, verse 12. I'm going to read it to you from verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What has happened to him, this quarantine, being in prison, under house arrest, away from worship, away from Sunday gatherings, has really served to advance the gospel. He says, not only has the church not closed, but what has happened to him, this actual quarantine, has served to advance the gospel. Church hadn't closed for Paul. The church was advancing for Paul. And how does he define that advance? By the advance of the gospel. The advance of the gospel, which is literally good news. The advance of the life, death, resurrection of Jesus and what that means in our lives and how that changes our lives. He says that that is what is advancing because of his situation. And look at how Paul says the church is advancing and the gospel is advancing in verse 13. I'll read 12 again. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Became known to who? Notice who it became known to. To the whole Imperial Guard, the entire Imperial Guard, that's the Roman Guard, that's the non-Christians. It had become known to the non-Christians. It had become known to the unclean people. It had become known to those who were far from God. It had become known to the spiritual zeros, to the prostitutes, to the tax collectors, to the sinners, to the people who never darkened the door of the church, to the Roman imperial guard, those guys. Paul said that his quarantine didn't mean the church was closed. It meant the opposite. It actually advanced the gospel and not amongst Christians per se, but amongst the non-Christians, the imperial guard. And what was it that had become known to them? What was it that because of Paul's imprisonment, because of his quarantine, because of his situation, his trials, the advance of the gospel had become known? And what was it that actually became known to them about the gospel? It had become known that they were gonna stand up for their rights. You know, that Christians were gonna stand up for their rights and they're gonna choose whether they wear masks or not. That's not what it says. So to become known through the Imperial Guard that Karen from Facebook has a, an opinion, an expert opinion on viruses that she's just developed. And you know, nope, doesn't say that either. So it had become known amongst the whole imperial guard that there was obstinacy amongst Christians and amongst Paul and there was posturing and Facebook posts amongst Christians and law breaking and such. That there was a sudden ignoring of safety first among conservative people, you know, that it became known that that was, the, nope, that's not what it says either. It became known who was going to defy the odds and who was going to boldly reopen their church before they really understood anything at all that was going on. No, it doesn't say any of that. 
It says in verse 13, it became known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Nothing but Jesus was becoming more and more known. It was an agenda that was becoming known. It was nothing but Jesus. There was no talk of the church being closed, even though Paul hadn't had the precious experience, and it is precious, of worshiping together with other Christians on Sundays. Paul was spreading the gospel where he was. He was being the church, spreading nothing but Jesus right where he was. Paul wasn't longing for the good old days. Paul wasn't longing for things to be normal again. He wasn't looking for a new level of normal. He wasn't looking for when he could reopen the church. Paul was being the church in the moment that God had called him to. The church doesn't need to reopen in order for us to pursue our mission. In fact, the church can't be reopened because, and not because we haven't figured out COVID-19, and not because the government said we can or can't meet, and not because we don't know what it looks like for social distancing with sitting in every other section or whatever, not because any of those things, those aren't the reasons we can't reopen. We can't reopen the church because the church never closed in the first place. You can't reopen something that never closed. The mission of advancing the gospel, the mission of nothing but Jesus, it marches on no matter what. You can be a part of it or not a part of it, but that doesn't stop it from moving forward. One of the biggest questions that I believe churches should be asking now isn't when are we going to reopen, but how can it be that we ever considered ourselves to be closed in the first place? Because we're called to be the church, not just on Sunday morning when we worship corporately together, but all through the week when we're out there, we are the church. One of the biggest questions churches should be asking right now isn't when we are going to reopen, but why is it that when churches have been closed for a couple of months now, there doesn't seem to be that much difference in the culture with us quote unquote closed? That's a bigger question to ask. Are we more about ourselves, more about internal things and internal silly little debates or preferences or whatever it may be. We're more like a moose club many times than we are the church and advancing the gospel. The big question shouldn't be when are we going to reopen, but have we been missed at all? And are you being the church right where you are now? There's so many examples in scripture of people being the church Paul here with the Imperial Guard. Paul was being the church, which meant that the church couldn't be reopened because the church was never closed. He's having a tremendous impact right where he was. Years before Paul's original stint in Philippi, he would be thrown in prison with his ministry partner, Silas. And they didn't sit there and mope and talk about their rights and talk about when they could, you know, reopen and things like that because the church was never closed. Instead, what they did was they sang, they worshiped, 
And what happened? The chains fell off. The church couldn't be reopened because the church was never closed to begin with. And what happened? The Philippian jailer was saved. His whole family was saved. They were baptized. Why? Because the church was never closed and Paul and Silas were the church right where they were. The apostles in the book of Acts were just walking along the road. They're walking along the road. They come across a eunuch who's studying the scriptures and the eunuch asks them about this. He's confused. He's searching out the scriptures. The eunuch is saved when the apostles share the gospel with him and they baptize him. Because why? Because they were the church right in that moment because the church was never closed to begin with. Jesus in the upper room with the disciples. Here they are in the upper room. They're having communion together. There's all kinds of debate right now. Another silly one about communion and can we do communion online and, and all of this stuff, these silly little conversations. Here Jesus is in the upper room having communion right there because the church was never closed. When two Christians in North Korea sit together on a park bench and quietly hum hymns and worship songs to one another and quietly quote Bible verses to one another and quietly with their eyes open so people don't see them and they don't get arrested, pray out loud for one another where there's one or two of them sitting there, they are the church to one another because the church was never closed in the first place. When Christians from Reach Church and non-Christians, those who are seeking, join together on Zoom and have a Bible study on the book of Esther or the book of Daniel, and they're sharing with one another from their homes, from their hearts, that is being the church. I mean, some of that wasn't happening to the degree it's happening before COVID-19. I mean, we're seeing more and more people at this time becoming more and more engaged. Why? Because the church isn't closed. It's not all about a place. It's not all about a gathering on a Sunday morning as important and precious as that is. The church still isn't closed. The church is fully open. When Christians from Reach Church record a worship song together from their homes, each one doing a different track from their hearts. I mean, we were working on a new one this past week. And as I was recording the piano part, I was caught up in worship. I mean, I was literally caught up because I was imagining my brothers and sisters on our worship team, singers, instrumentalists, engineers, sound engineers, sound artists, pulling this thing together, worshiping together, and we are being the church. So that like the last video that we produced had up to 20,000 views. That is being the church. We don't need to reopen because the church never closed. The question shouldn't be when is the church gonna reopen because the church never closed. The church should be, the, the, the question shouldn't be when are things gonna get back to normal because we're not called to be normal. The question should be, and this is what Paul answers in Philippians, is how does COVID-19 for us, quarantine for him, help us to pursue and unveil this new level of good? If by reopening, you're talking about Sunday mornings, how can we at 
reach church move to a new level of good on Sunday mornings. Because since we aren't closed and since the mission of nothing but Jesus is moving forward, regardless of whether we meet together or not, we don't need to rush to reopen on Sundays just to reopen on Sundays. It needs to be because we're moving to a new level of good. And that's what happened with Paul in quarantine. Verse 14, verse 14. And most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. So in other words, this is what happened to everyone else around Paul because of his quarantine. What was the result of the gospel advancing because of Christ? He talked about the non-Christians first, that it became well known among them, that it was because of Jesus. Paul's specific about that. Now he's talking about Christians. Most of the brothers, they've become more confident in the Lord by my imprisonment and much more bold to speak the word without fear. You know, to get nothing but Jesus out, you know, to just to say that, you know, to say that, not nothing but God or whatever, nothing the Lord, to, to say the name of Jesus, to be more and more bold, to actually speak the weirdness, the abnormality, the strangeness of Jesus, because that's what it is. It's an affront, it's an offense to people. It is strange, it's a stumbling block to speak the name of Jesus without fear. Because in other words, it's because of Paul's boldness, others became bold. Because Paul was willing to take off the mask. I mean, these masks are very interesting, aren't they? These physical masks. He was able to take off the spiritual mask and admit his need for Jesus. As someone who was schooled, as a Pharisee, as a man who was very respected, he took off that mask, shared the gospel, shared his need for Jesus, and others saw their need for Jesus as a result. I'm going to tell you what what isn't a new level of good for the church when it comes to worship, when it comes to Sunday mornings. A church where everyone's afraid to sing, and it's not a new level of good. A church where we say, well, there's no singing since singing according to some science is one of the you know, most dangerous things we can do during this virus. That's the exact opposite of what the church is supposed to be. And that is not a new level of good. A church where whether the church is opened or not on Sundays is dictated by the government and rules from the government. That is not what the church is supposed to be. And that is absolutely not a new level of good. A church where social distancing happens to the point where you can't have an intimate conversation with another fellow believer or someone who's seeking and asking questions about Jesus. That is the exact opposite of what the church is to be. And it is not a new level of good. A church where everyone drives in their car with their screaming kids and sits in the parking lot for a drive-in thing or whatever that is, and all they can see is the bumper in front of them, you know, that is the exact opposite of what the church is to be and is not a new level of good. 
A church where the only reason why they reopen is because there's a race to reopen amongst all of the competitive churches in the area. And this church is afraid of these people going to that church and that per- all the church hoppers and Christians and the consumerism. That is the exact opposite of what the church is to be and not a new level of good. A church where whole groups of people are told they may want to be careful and stay home for a while while the rest of us worship together since it'll be dangerous for them to attend. That's the exact opposite of what church is to be and is not a new level of good. And mostly a church where everyone not only wears spiritual masks, to hide who they are, but now wearing physical masks to have a sign of whether we agree or don't agree or think it's, it's good or bad or whatever it may be, a divisive issue, that is not a new level of good either. I can tell you what is a new level of good because it doesn't sound very hopeful, does it? Because so many of those things are issues we're all going to have to wrestle with. A church, this is what a new level of good would look like. A church where we can finally take off the spiritual masks. The masks we've been wearing and the masks we've been requiring everyone else to wear. A church where that can finally truly happen. A church where the senior pastor can stand up here and say, I am the chief of sinners and that's okay. A church where we can say on Sundays that if you're not the worst sinner that you know, then you don't know yourself very well. And we can say amen to that on Sundays and think that's good on Sundays. But from Monday through Saturday, we also think that that's good. That kind of humility is good. A church where we can be real with each other. You know, where the spiritual masks can finally come off, where we don't have to qualify things that we're struggling with and say, but I'm still, you know, doing great. No, you're not. Maybe you're not doing great at this point. Maybe you're just not doing well at all. And where it's okay to admit that and things don't have to be happy, clappy, great all the time. That is a new level of good. A church where we aren't telling whole groups of people to stay home, but where so many people are out there that they see Christ in us, that they aren't going to Home Depot on Sundays. They aren't going to the mall on Sundays. They're not going to the gym or wherever, or even the beach on Sundays, but coming to reach church on Sundays because we've been showing our community nothing but Jesus by each of us being the church where we are during the week, especially right now. A new level of good is where church in church is where deep, honest conversations happen about deep, honest questions that many people have about the basics of their faith and whether they believe all this stuff or not. A new level of good is not a church where everyone's afraid to sing and worship, but a church where there's total freedom to sing. There's total freedom up here and out there to sing, to play loudly, to shout, to dance, to worship quietly, to whatever it may be, to create worship music and do so without the fear that there might be some legalistic Christians sitting back keeping score 
of which songs they like, which songs they don't like, because instead those Christians are on mission and will do whatever it takes short of sin to reach all people with nothing but Jesus. That's a new level of good for the church. Even in the midst of one of the most uncertain times that we've ever experienced in our lifetime related to the church, we have an assurance that frees us not to settle for going back to normal, not to settle for a new normal, but we have an assurance of victory. We have an assurance that Paul speaks of in verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. I love that word. Deliverance. What does Reach Church need right now? What we've always needed, deliverance. What do you need right now? Deliverance. What do I need? Deliverance. And Paul is saying that this quarantine that he's experienced, this prison he's experienced, these chains that because of Jesus and nothing but Jesus, that the result is going to be his deliverance. Think about that word. That deliverance is a new level of good for us that we can share with others when we're being the church out there. What message do you have to share with people out there? Deliverance. That deliverance of us by Jesus, that's what brings on the new level of good. Of inviting Jesus and receiving Jesus into your life and allowing him to be the Lord of your life is the new level of good. Because listen, loneliness out there in the world is normal, COVID-19 or not. But the deliverance of us by Jesus heals our loneliness. That's a new level of good worth sharing with others. The deliverance of us by Jesus breaks chains. Paul and Silas's chains fell off because of the deliverance of Jesus. And that same deliverance can break the chains in our lives as well. Wouldn't that be nice for the chains of addiction to fall off because of the deliverance of Jesus? You have that available to you. I have that available to me. That is a good worth sharing with others. The deliverance of us by Jesus overcomes temptation to sin in our lives. Second Peter says that Jesus knows how to rescue us from our temptation, that he's experienced all of it, but he overcame it. And so anytime we face a temptation, he always gives us a way out. Why? Because of his deliverance. That's worth sharing with others. The deliverance of us by Jesus makes us free people free from people pleasing, free from legalism, free from slavery, free from spiritual masks, free from bondage. Paul said it's for freedom you've been set free. So why in the world would you wanna go back to that normal of being in bondage and being in chains and not being free? That is a good worth sharing as you are the church during the week. The deliverance of us by Jesus erases the fear of death. Hebrews says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, 
he may break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. And listen, and free and deliver those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. That is a new level of good that is worth sharing. Paul says in verse 20, in chapter one, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. What does a new level of good look like in your life? Being the church where you are, sharing nothing but Jesus where you are, that, that emanating from your life. And that is the new level of good that I want for Reach Church. I want to read to you um, a text that my wife sent me this morning. So every Sunday before uh, I preach, we pray together. She will pray for me in my office. And um, so she's not here because of the limit of 10 people here. And um, so she sent me a text instead. And I think it just ties in to everything we're talking about. She said this, you have a savior who identifies with you. He cried out, my heart is overwhelmed to the point of death. Matthew 26, 38. John Stott is a theologian who died a few years ago. Um, he puts it this way in the cross of Christ. I could never myself believe in God if it were not for the cross. In the real world of pain, how could one worship a God who was immune to it? I turned to that lonely, twisted, tortured figure on the cross, nails through hands and feet, back lacerated, limbs wrenched, brow bleeding from thorn pricks, mouth dry and intolerably thirsty, plunged in God forsaken darkness. That is the God for me. He laid aside his immunity to pain. He entered our world of flesh and blood, tears and death. He suffered for us. Remember, you are not alone. Jesus steps in to our pain, our loneliness. He steps into COVID-19. He delivers us. Why? Because of the cross, because of his resurrection, because of nothing but Jesus. Let's worship together.